1: After a recent uptick in crimes committed by alleged reoffenders out on bail and a sharply worded letter from Canada's premiers, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says his government is carefully looking at their proposal for reforms to the nation's bail system.
0: Another church in Canada has been set ablaze and destroyed, this time in Northern British Columbia.
1: And as the province deals with an unprecedented surgical backlog, the Ontario government is looking to privately run clinics to help give Canadians more choice for healthcare.
0: Canada's inflation rate slowed to 6.3% in December, but Canadians continue to struggle to make ends meet and afford everyday essentials.
1: Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, January 17th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Harrison Faulkner. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he is carefully reviewing a letter from Canada's premiers calling for what they describe as much-needed reforms to the country's bail system. Now, this comes as a wave of crimes committed by alleged re-offenders already out on bail has occurred in the last few weeks. The most notable such incident was the murder of rookie Ontario Provincial Police Constable Gregory Perchala by an individual who was out on bail for firearms offenses and assaulting a police officer. In the January 13th letter to Trudeau, The Premier said they wanted to see a specific change that would make bail harder for those accused of a charge related to the offense of possession of a loaded, prohibited, or restricted firearm. They also called for a review of other firearms-related offenses. On Monday, Trudeau told reporters in Saskatoon that he is currently reviewing the letter. Here's what that sounded like.
0: Kelly Malone, the Canadian press. So, following high profile instances of people committing crimes while out on bail, Premier sent a letter on Friday urging your government to review bail systems. A review has been committed to, but what more needs to be done, and how soon should Canadians expect results? I think Canadians understand that we need to have a justice system that is effective in keeping people safe and fair. Um, Anytime you make a change to the bail systems, there's uh, challenges around impacts, particularly on indigenous or uh, minority groups, that we have to make sure we're taking into account. We all want. Uh, a system uh, that ensures that Canadians are safe in their homes, in their communities, uh, and that's why we're looking very carefully at this proposal from uh, from the, uh, the Premiers. Uh, we're always uh, going to put the safety of Canadians at the top of mind. Uh, that's what we've done in the various reforms we brought to the criminal justice system, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Uh, we understand there's a, a real concern out there, and that's why we're working quickly to look at, at the proposal.
1: Harrison, it certainly seems like the Prime Minister has heard this, Outcry really from Canadians coast to coast, frustrated by this series of of anecdotes, stories, heinous crimes committed by re-offenders.
0: It does. And I think, of course, the reality is when you're talking about the justice system and the bail system in particular, of course, there's a lot of politics at play. Of course, there's a lot of ideology here. But when you're when we're seeing police officers lose their lives to people who are out on bail for firearms-related charges. Uh, police officers and Canadians uh, being gunned down by people who are out on bail for firearms related offenses and are supposed to not have any access to guns I think eventually Canadians demand changes and I think the Prime minister has indicated as he said he's heard the frustration from premiers and it seems as though it is possible that something is gonna ha- is some something is gonna change um, in the right direction there is going to be some movement on this how long that'll take well, Every, anybody who watches politics in this country knows that changes in Ottawa take quite a while, but it at least is a good sign for those who are concerned about this, that maybe there is something that will change in this bail uh, reform legislation that that will actually have a positive impact on the lives of Canadians and police officers.
1: One thing I picked up on there in that clip, Trudeau referencing the over-representation of Indigenous persons uh, and minority groups in the criminal justice system. And one of the reasons that bail became so much laxer was to address that perceived inequity is the prime minister now finding idealism hitting up against reality. The idea that he wants to be doing something uh, seen as equitable for overrepresented groups, but hold on a second. Can you just, just do that by fiat without creating major law and order problems? And that's what Canadians are complaining about now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a really tough issue for uh, the liberals on this because as you pointed out, and as I mentioned before, there is a lot of politics at play here. Uh, even though we would we we would wish that the justice system would be, um, you know, not not interfered with politics and ideology. That's just how it works. And so, of course, yes, there is there is an there is this this idea that by introducing bail reform that we're going to solve these uh, problems, these inequities in the justice system. But as you say, uh, Anthony, there is just an issue here. When it comes to these people who are getting out on bail, committing crimes, and in some cases gunning down Canadians, gunning down police officers, there something needs to change, something I think will change, and sometimes you have to put politics aside to address the real problems that are affecting Canadians regardless of their politics. Churches in Canada are being targeted again. The Upper Pine Gospel Chapel of Rose Prairie in northern British Columbia is the latest church in Canada to have been set ablaze and destroyed. On Friday morning, a witness reported to RCMP that the church was fully engulfed in flames. Police released a statement later that morning saying details would be followed up on by the Fort St. John RCMP. Police have so far offered no indication of the cause, but have indicated that nobody was harmed by the fire. On New Year's Eve, another church was set ablaze and destroyed. RCMP in Alberta declared the overnight church fire in Hay Lakes was intentional. Also on Monday, a 49-year-old man is in custody after he allegedly attempted to set fire to St. Paul's Presbyterian Church in Hamilton. Leslie Cleave was charged with four offenses, including arson with disregard for human life and failure to comply with a probation order. This isn't the first time churches have been targeted. In 2021, True North compiled a map of the nearly 70 cases of arson and vandalism targeting churches across Canada since the announcement of the apparent discovery of graves found near a residential school in Kamloops, B.C. Anthony, this has been going on for quite some time now, and we're seeing a sharp uptick all of a sudden in recent cases of, of attempted arson at churches. Why aren't the media and politicians up in arms about this?
1: It's a good question, or even a simpler question is, why are they not probing the issue more? Why isn't there greater intellectual curiosity about the issue? Instead, it's being relatively ignored. By contrast, in the past couple of years when we've seen that Uh, there is an incident that occurs at a mosque and we're not exactly clear what happened or who did it or what the motivation was you still get an onslaught of response on social media you often get political statements and i think that's fine because we've actually seen some incredibly heinous things uh shootings killings of course happen at mosques that nobody wants to see recurring but there's certainly a, a disproportionate disconnect in the way we're approaching these scenarios here
0: Right, and it's the the volume of attacks and vandalism and arson attempts at churches across this country is something we've never seen before. Well, we're talking up over 70 cases of vandalism and arson of churches starting in the summer of 2021. I think Canadians, a lot of Canadians, would like to see politicians really take this issue seriously because, I mean, these churches out West, I mean, they're being targeted and, you know, Canadians are losing their churches to whether it be full-on arson or vandalism. It's it's something that I think Canadians are really concerned about. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: The Ontario government is hoping to give more options for Ontarians to alleviate the province's surgery backlog. But this comes with continued fear-mongering about private healthcare options in Canada. On Monday, the government announced that it will be expanding the number and range of medical procedures performed in privately run clinics. The change will be done in three phases. The first will see surgical and diagnostic clinics in the communities of Ottawa, Kitchener-Waterloo, and Windsor perform an additional 14,000 cataract operations each year. Now, after that, more private clinics will be able to offer MRI and CT imaging, as well as colonoscopies and endoscopies. By 2024, the third phase will see hip and knee replacements performed at for-profit clinics. Premier Doug Ford and Health Minister Sylvia Jones said several times the care will be covered by OHIP, and Ford stressed patients will, quote, never use their credit cards at the clinics. There are currently about 900 privately operated surgical and diagnostic clinics open in Ontario, and the government plans to approve licenses for additional clinics in the future. Harrison, I've definitely become very passionate about seeing these sort of developments and progress made in the Ontario healthcare system, Because the main reason we actually had the fourth lockdown in January 2022, unbelievable, yes, four lockdowns in Ontario, was not because they were particularly concerned about the strain of COVID-19 hitting regular folks, people who weren't seniors, children, but just because they said they couldn't handle 300 people being in ICU beds across the entire province, we're a province of about 15 million people, 300 people in a bed supposedly warranted shutting down the entire province i mean something's got to give clearly there are log jams in the system that got to be changed
0: well anthony the, the reality is anytime an ontario provincial government attempts to make changes to the healthcare system to try and alleviate the pressure on the system by allowing these for-profit healthcare clinics to to operate some of these operations that aren't necessarily that don't necessarily need to be done in, in a hospital well, the press and a lot of these healthcare unions will immediately jump up and say they're trying to institute for-profit healthcare. The premier must be scratching his head and wondering what he can possibly do to change or to fix a problem that is obvious, that many Canadians recognize as a serious problem. Many Ontarians see this. And yet the the options, despite saying many times that Ontarians will not lose access to universal healthcare, that they will not actually be using their credit cards at these for-profit clinics, it doesn't matter because... The press, who aren't doing them any favors by reporting the story in this way, and the opposition in Queen's Park are going to just continue to rail against this message that says, you know, the government is trying to bring in for-profit healthcare. I really don't know what the options are for the government at this point in time. It seems as though everything they do gets seen by the press and by the opposition as an attack on our universal healthcare system. Canada's annual inflation rate cooled to 6.3% in December, down from 6.8% the previous month. StatsCan noted that the drop in the headline number was mostly the result of lower gasoline prices. However, grocery prices inched up by 0.3% in December and have increased by 11% year over year. The Bank of Canada is expected to continue to increase the interest rates in an effort to combat the inflation crisis. Despite the slowing inflation rate, as reported by True North, a new survey found that a whopping 83% of Canadians believe that the country is currently experiencing a recession. According to the pollsters at Polera, the economic sentiments are among the worst since the 2008 financial crash. Economy Outlook 2023 reveals most people have bleak expectations when it comes to the economy. When asked to identify an emotion used to describe their feelings about the economy, two-thirds chose worried. Now, Anthony, is there a silver lining to any of this? Despite inflation lowering, interest rates remain high. So is there a light at the end of this economic tunnel for Canadians?
1: Well, the silver lining is, I guess, that the number is dropping. But in terms of a light at the end of the tunnel, I think the tunnel is a lot longer than a lot of people anticipate because there are many reports and... Uh, expert insights discussing how it takes multiple quarters for high inflation numbers and an increase in interest rates to actually work their way through the system. So some of the most negative ramifications, particularly Canadians having big problems paying their increased mortgage bills, we're not going to see that until another quarter or two from now. So I am worried about the outlook for regular folks this year. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know, including our in-depth, on-the-ground coverage of the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.